Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize, brought to you by Forged Dyer Stout. Ross, are you intoxicated or something? Introduce the guest, man. Today we have the one and only tough champ, champ. He is the diva. It's Brad Superman Katona. Brad, how are you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, as you can probably imagine. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty satisfied, and just. Uh, it feels good to be on. It feels really. Uh, it feels good to be home and in, in the UFC. Congratulations, yeah. Brad! Congratulations for the people tuning in. They've seen us go through twelve weeks of backing yourself, Team McGregor, and also like Team Ireland. And for you, you to come out with the win in Boston was unbelievable to see, wasn't it, Ross? Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, I think we called it from day one. We thought you were going to be the hardest man to beat in there, um, and it, it proved at the end of the day. Brad, tell us this. What was it like to do the Ultimate Fighter experience for a second time? Oh, it, it was rough. It was rough for sure. So the, the first time I did the Ultimate Fighter, I was like, man, that was so cool. I'm so glad I did it. But I never want to do it again. Like, that was very clear. Awesome experience. Crazy waking up. The the cameras are on you. You have to put on your microphone. You're, you're on a reality series. This, this is cool. This is so alien. Is, is, it's not real life. The second time, between the notice I got for it, the fact that it was at Bantamweight, the fact that if I messed up any step of the way, that was my UFC dream done. Cut. Like, that's that's it. If I got injured, if I lost, if I didn't make weight, if, if anything happened that would prevent me from fighting and winning, that was the UFC dream gone. Even after the show, if I didn't win the finale... That's it. Most likely, that was it. And so the pressure of all that made it very difficult. And that's not even counting all the other stresses that that were in the Ultimate Fighter house. Yeah, absolutely. Like it looks like it's one of the hardest competitions to win, just based on the fact that like you're away from your family and friends. Obviously, one of the biggest talking points this season was you being on Team Chandler to start with. <laughs> And we can't we can't ignore that. Was that did that make things more difficult? And also, I suppose this time your SPG team was there, but they just weren't in your corner. How strange was that? It was it was very strange. You know, before getting on, I guess before the team selections, I felt at least between John and I, we were, we were speaking and saying, ah, you know, there's a good chance I'm on Team Chandler, and what might that look like? And it kind of troubleshoot some things. But it was a lot more difficult than I thought. And I think a lot of that came down to uh, expectations versus reality. You know, as soon as I was on Team Chandler, the very first thing Chandler said is, man, I'm really glad I have you veterans because you know exactly what you need. So then it came as a shock to me when I suffered a cut in training and couldn't wrestle. And I'm going to the coach. Hey, coach, this is what I need. And then I met resistance. You know, that was that was very difficult. Because then it also pulled me as an outsider of the team. Not only was I the Team McGregor guy, so when everyone's in the van, you know, talking crap about Connor, I'm like, man, like, you guys are so off base. You don't, you're just a bunch of 
you're just so bitter. Like, and you're just attacking something because it makes you feel good. Uh, so I was an outsider there and then I'm an outsider in training. And then I'm the one pushing to, to get the resources the other team had. Hey, Team McGregor is cutting weight at the Performance Institute. I want to cut weight at the Performance Institute. Why? Because it's a multi-million dollar facility that's available to us. Why wouldn't we want to do that? Instead, I'm getting told, no, I want to watch video because we're sitting down watching four of our teammates' video. Why don't we just take the whole practice, watch everybody's video, not just Brad Cadona's video, watch everybody's video. No, you're not fighting right away. So it, it was stuff like that where I kept on meeting resistance at and then even after the show, Chandler went on and 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 kept attacking me, and I was I was I was like, "Are you serious, man? Like, is, is this is this something personal? What, what what's going on?" Uh, so it was, it was it was very difficult, you know. During the show, I will have to say, Team Chandler changed his tune after the first three days, and he started giving me more things that I wanted. Not everything, but you know, started bending uh, in some ways, and I I really appreciate that. A lot of the coaches helped out and maybe picked up the slack there. And again, I have to say, I do appreciate that because you didn't have to do it. Mm. And that was one of the reasons why I was successful. But it felt mighty good to go and switch teams and have, you know, Coach Kavanaugh behind me. It was one of the biggest weights lifted off my shoulders, having Owen Roddy, Tristan Kendi, my nutritionist. He dialed in my second weight cut. And you could see the difference just in energy, in appearance, in everything in my second fight versus the first and that's having just fought 10 days prior you know so um it was good to be on team mcgregor when i finally went to team mcgregor and be be reunited with my team yeah i think one of the most evident parts was uh with the sort of like you could see the splinter in the group was when uh, uh cody gibson decided to go back to high school and try and tell you you had no friends uh i thought that was like one of the most pathetic things no one here likes you, Brad. I was like, I was like, Jesus, that is one of the most pathetic things I've ever heard. Also, like, Brad, like, from ever talking to you, like, you seem like one of the most inoffensive people ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like I can't understand how someone would actually be offended by you. Uh, like, you seem like just super nice guy uh, at all times. And, like, we've met Katie a few times as well, and she's so nice. I'm like, I'm like, they seem like the ultimate noise couple like i don't understand how someone's actually getting offended by this guy and then chandler just sat there and like just let that back and forth happen and didn't say a word i thought that was actually a bit of weakness on chandler's point of view he should have showed more leadership there and stepped in and just went cody just give it a rest yeah it was it was fear oozing out of them that's what it mm. was they weren't necessarily super confident in the timmer fight i guess uh mm. at least I, I i i'll assume chandler wasn't you know, mm. maybe he was going, ah, this is nothing but hopefully gain. You know, it might mm. throw Brad off and, you know, then Timmer's successful. For Cody, I don't think he wanted to fight me. I think there was a path to victory if he fought Timmer. You know, I, I did think there was, he could maybe hurt him on the feet. That's how he wins that fight. Against me, I don't honestly know how Cody Gibson wins, wins that fight. And I know it's after the fight, so it's very easy to say that, but going into it we really didn't besides me making a massive blunder i didn't think he wins that fight now what's interesting about that clip is that was about an hour before leaving for the semifinals so i was just about to fight timmer and he does that which i think made it all the less classy like if that was a couple of days prior cool mm. cool whatever talk your shit but we're literally about to get on a bus to get sent to the biggest fight of our lives 
and now you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like it seems like jealousy, Brad. But like, obviously, we don't know. Well, you know, but we don't know exactly what was going on in the house. But it just seemed a bit like, oh, look, Brad's after getting his way now. He's now back in his team, SBG team, McGregor, um, like, and they're just there coaching with Chandler. It just came across as jealousy, to be honest. I I think there was some things I did in the house that bothered them, and it was because it was showing them exactly what they're not doing was it the poetry no. brad it, it, it was it was like it, 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 it's it's my game you know like that, that that's pretty pretty much it the, between the poetry you know katie I, I, how can you not be jealous um <laughs> no, <man. laughs> really like it i i i think if you look in the house i came prepared you know i brought stuff that was going to be creature covers like you, you my own you know, blanket, uh, pillow, my my food scale, cutting boards, knives, stuff that these small little things that are going to bother you, let's say, irritate you in the Ultimate Fighter house from having done it. There was those things. Not only that, but I actually had, the, let's say, the confidence to, to talk to my coach and be like, this is what I need. You know, this is what I want to do. I want to watch the video. I want to use the performance suit. Everybody else is, you know, being quiet. And I'm going, man, why, why aren't we you know, advocating for our needs. And I wasn't just advocating for my needs. I was advocating for everybody saying, Hey, we mm. should use this. We should use that. Why, like, why don't we have, why don't we have this? Uh, you know, then you look at being in the house. I knew exactly what to be eating, when to be eating it, uh, weighing my food, the supplementation and everybody else is just kind of winging it, you know, like a week ago from a fight, they're having these giant steaks and then the weight's high. And then, you know, they have to cut their hair off and all, all like, oh, yeah. <laughs> all, all, like all this stuff is stuff that I'm like, I'm dialed in yeah. and I had to be dialed in because again, I had about nine days notice for this. They had six to eight weeks. I had to be dialed in. And even if I didn't have to be, I would be dialed in. I felt like that just, you, 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 you add up all those small little gains, if you will. Mm. And that starts messing with you psychologically. That's a reminder of something you're not doing and the opposition is. And I felt like that was one reason why maybe, you know, Cody started targeting me because I, I was the biggest threat, not only in my abilities, but look at what I'm doing. I'm I'm doing every, every box is checked. You, you, know, Ross, Ross, you can only imagine how much they dislike Brad Moore if he brought the last winning trophy of the open fighter to the house and just left it there in the house <laughs> left on the bedside locker yeah. <laughs> just how you know uh yeah brother you know what that, that, I, I think that gives slightly more credence to why maybe they thought you were a diva that you had your, all your own stuff but again like you've been there and you've done it before so therefore you knew what you needed and at the end of the day i think a lot of times i think it's something with like i don't know probably my mom about but like the americans they're like team Chandler, team america yeah as opposed to you were like oh, i'm actually here for team brad katona and that's all that really matters because at the end of the day when you get to the ufc you're no longer any team you're yourself and um, i think that's where the others missed a step and where you gained a step and i think when connor coached against uriah before i think that's the first thing he said to them he goes team europe this is bullshit he goes you're here for yourself and that's the that's the uh idea of the game the idea of the game is get to the final and win and it looks like that's the approach you took brad 
yeah, like in, in, in some ways, I think we just met. Mm. Like we literally just met. So we're going to know each other for four weeks. That was how long filming was. And after that point, there's a good chance I'm never going to talk to any of you again. Never going to train with any of you again. So why are we pretending like this is a team channel? Because after the first fights, we're all going to be having to fight each other. And that's exactly what happened. So should I be buddying up to to Timmer and being my be- like best friends with him? You know, if, if, if that makes you happy and relaxed, sure. But when my existence seems to irk almost every single one of you, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to be the one to, to be making sure that, you know, you know like it's, there's only so much I, I, I can do there. You know, when we're waiting on Timmer every single morning for him to make his coffee, we're waiting five, ten minutes for him, yet I'm late once and it's an issue. I waited for that guy every single freaking morning <laughs> on Dean Chandler, but you don't hear about it, you know? And, and we That didn't make good TV, Brad. Yeah, that and wasn't guess, good TV. And guess what? We're doing nothing. Like, it's not like, oh, you want to come back and, you know, screw on, on your phone or watch a TV show or anything. We have none of it, you know? So what, sit back and, and spend time in the house? Like, I wasn't even in a rush to get to the gym or get back home from the gym because everything was was the same like you have time time to spare uh it was just why are we playing this whole team farce like it's 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 not we're not a team i didn't even know who you were you didn't know who i was now with that said am i going to be a good teammate absolutely i'll be the best teammate i can did i injure anybody absolutely not again attacking timber but he clashed heads with Jason Knight and cut him. I never did that, yet he's a better teammate than me because he's not going to rock the boat. Yeah, no, I think so I think in all life is what I need. I, I think in all life, if you're not actually challenging the people around you and challenging yourself, then then what are you doing? Uh, so like it, it's great that you have that those traits. Uh, Brad, I have to ask you this. You're one of the few people ever in tough history who have had three different coaches. You've had Conor McGregor. Michael Chandler and Daniel Cormier. I want you to rank them in order. Who was the best to worst? Okay, so I, I think we know exactly the answer. It would, it would be Connor DC Chandler. Uh, the team that Connor brought, again, I can only assume it's out of his pocket. And now we could say, wow, he has so much money and all, and all of that. That doesn't change what he did. He brought in. I believe the best coaches in, in the world, you know, mm-hmm. John, Owen, Sergey. He brought in Tristan Kendi, the nutritionist. He brought in the fast doc and the fast crew. He brought in a a like massage sports therapist for his team. He brought in a chef for the refuel meals, and then you have Connor also taking some practices. Like, how is that not elite? That is as that's exactly what you need to be, well, not necessarily to be successful, but that is checking, again, every box. That is putting everything in your favor. And again, I don't think the UFC picked up that bill. Connor picked up that bill, you know? And again, we can argue, you know, yeah, he has a ton of money, but that doesn't change the fact of what he did. He set that up, you know? Yeah, of course. Daniel Cormier, after that, was a very good coach. 
very good coach, brought in a great team as well, brought in nutritionists, brought in uh, – really gave us whatever we could possibly need. I remember him bringing us to their house for a pool board coach just to break up the monotony of being in the Ultimate Fighter gym every day. He took a lot of the human aspect into account. And then, again, Team Chandler, I don't I don't think did a, did a horrible job. Did I wish they had a nutritionist? Absolutely. Do it. Like, there's these other things besides training that mattered. Should we have pushed to use more of the Performance Institute and maybe a little bit more enjoyment? And, 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 that, and that sounds weird, but, for example, everything that DC did to break us out of the routine, uh, you know, it goes a long way when you're in this mm-hmm. pressure cooker. So, Team Chandler brought in great coaches. They were, you know, you have Robert Drysdale, you have Jason Stroud. Yeah, we had Bob Cook, Ryan Bader. You know, there's a lot of great guys he brought in, um, Sean Soriano, and, and then that was nice. So he, it's not like he did a bad job. It seemed like he did care a lot. Um, but there's levels to this game, and I, I, I think uh, you, you look at the Formula One team Connor brought in, you know, we felt like the the race cars we are. If one of us goes to war, we all go to war. That, that's it. As you describe yourself, a Ferrari, I think it was, uh, on the show, yeah. uh, Brad. But uh, tell, tell us this. Uh, obviously, UFC 292 in Boston. You fought Cody Gibson, your arch nemesis in the finale. Obviously, like this was very sort of short notice announced to the world. But yeah. when did you know about it? And how did that sort of come about? I think I found out about the fight date itself six weeks out, like confirmation. There's rumors okay. popping up that it was UFC 292. I thought it would be for some reason. I was like, man, it's probably going to be August 26th. That's, mm. that's why I, ha- I, I, I had it in my head because I thought, you know, it's never on a pay-per-view. They're going to finish the last episode on Tuesday, I think the 15th. So... Maybe not that weekend, but the following weekend, there'll be some time. There's a Singapore card. They have had two cards at the same time before, especially when one is at a, a strange time. You know, so that's what I thought. That was where my money was on. So I had to, let's say, pull back my training camp by a week, which for anybody who knows me was probably a good thing. So I had six weeks notice, but I knew about Cody Gibson since, you know, March. So uh that was the thing that mattered the most the fight date really we could lay in most of the groundwork and do a little peek and then put on a world-class performance was it was a hard keeping your tongue on that knowing who you're fighting in the finale it's it's tough like it, 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 it it's it certainly is difficult because you leave the show so excited but you can't say anything and then you're getting ready and people are like what are you getting ready for i'm going well let's you know I should be getting ready for the finale because they bring on a lot of guys from the show. And you're doing that, and then you win the semifinal fight, and you still can't say who. You know? And and then Mm. they didn't announce the fight, so I can't even say when. And and so it's all very secretive with with your coaches, and and you're starting to do the sparring, and then the UFC crew come down. So people know, but you still can't say. So it's it's nice now. And, And and, and even if I could say, it doesn't really matter at that point because, again, everything's on the line in that finale fight. You mm-hmm. once again push all your chips in, into the table. So it doesn't matter what you had done. It matters what you're going to be doing. So it's, it's almost – you couldn't really enjoy it until 
until now, and I am enjoying it. Me and Barry nearly had a full-on argument over that over UFC 292. I was like, I was like, they are fighting on that. That's where the finale is. Like, oh, I've seen it reported. Like, and he was like, he was like, man, it's like it's Tuesday, and like the fight's not announced yet. He's like, he's like, they can't be fighting in a week's time. But I was like, I was like, and then I was convinced it wasn't happening. Then it was yeah. announced, and I was like, I was like, oh my god, I was like, well, first of all, brilliant because like another excuse to stay up till 6 a.m., uh, <laughs> which is great. So, uh, no, it, it, it was brilliant. And obviously, you got the job done. Not only are you the only fighter in UFC history to win the Ultimate Fighter twice, you've also done it in two different weight classes, Brad. Tell us, how much does that actually mean to you? Because obviously, you'll go down in history. That'll probably never, ever be uh, achieved by anyone else. Yeah, I, I, I certainly doubt it'll ever be achieved by anybody else. I think it's cool. Really, I think it's cool. What I'm most excited about is having let's say, a unique achievement like that, but then it be tied to a great fight that people will want to rewatch. Yeah. Because let's say it was even a fast stoppage or, you know, it's it's okay. Mm. You know, like, I'd take it. Like, listen, I didn't want to do 15 minutes. I'd, I'd, I'd certainly take that fast stoppage. But I don't think it would have that uh, replayability. You know, like, people wouldn't be watching it maybe again or really have the same desire. But you hear, hey... You know, it was a fantastic fight. At least that's what I'm being told. It's not a self-proclaimed fantastic fight. I think it was a good fight. Uh, no, it was okay. But, like, it was all yeah. right. <laughs> it, it, like, it, I think it makes it all that more special. It makes it all that much, uh, like, like, people might actually watch it. And it's like, oh, that's, that, that's if they didn't know, oh, that's a cool fact. That this is the only time this guy, that anybody's ever won it twice. And just so happens to be in two different weight classes. And I think, hey, again, Super cool. It's a unique achievement. And maybe when I'm 60 years old, I'm rocking in my, you know, in, in my rocking chair outside on, on the deck going, oh, back in my day, I used to fight UFC, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can really, really appreciate it. Right now, I go, ah, that's cool. But my eyes on that title. Like, I want to be picturing, I'm picturing myself lifting up that belt. You know, that's that's what all this is for. Certainly, the trophies. Ah, that look cool in a trophy case when I'm when I'm all done. But right now, it's we're in this to be the best. So as much as I am, as much as that is cool, a lot of the peace that comes with that is that UFC contract. I'm back home. I I'm now, I can now continue my dream. And 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 that's. I wish it was more like hurrah type of feeling, like energy feeling but really right now is that deep breath out and a little bit of calm for the first time in what I feel is almost four years now I love it uh, Brad, Brad just before you, before you wrap up the ultimate fighter part of the show do you think you may come back and try and win it a third time in a different weight class <laughs> I, I hope not I hope not <laughs> You know, maybe lightweight would be really enjoyable. I could be the one barbecuing the steaks every night and and, and enjoying it. But if it was flyweight, like guys, guys, no, don't we don't do want to kill you. Go, we, we've do seen that. The, we've seen those abs when you take off the shirt of phantom weight. Well, we don't need to see flyweight. Um, well, Brad, Brad, you, we can go heavyweight, baby. We can do it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brad, like obviously after that win, everyone in was tuning in. Obviously, Ian Gary got the win on the same card as well, and um, and even. Yesterday, it was announced Kiefer Crosby is now signing with the UFC as well. Like, where are you sort of like Dana White was talking about? There is the potential of UFC doubling in 2024. Like, 
when you're looking at the landscape of your career next, like because you have the the world at your feet or in your hands, uh, what way are you looking at like uh, competing next, Brad? Yes, there's a big, big pay per view in December that I that I'm hearing rumors of, and and maybe that's a possibility. I don't know because, quite frankly, we're less than a week removed. John's given me very strict orders to relax, so I'm trying to relax, but at the same time, part of me is going, okay, what is next? You know, and maybe that's just because I'm an addict and I just got my high, and now I need I need a bigger high, you know, and, and maybe that's <laughs> the problem. So um, I am trying to soak this in, yeah, you know, slightly. Uh, but December is interesting. I know there's rumors of maybe something like a UFC Canada as well early you know, 2024, I guess, uh, UFC Dublin again, uh, what is my oyster? You know, like it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, 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 these are good problems to be talking about. It all depends on dates, opportunities, all that. Some of this is out of my hands. I can go, man, I want to fight December. And they go, no, not fight December. You know, like that, that, that could very well be the dialogue. Is it time to start that dialogue right now? Probably not. Um, but I am healthy and I am ready to go. And again, I am an addict. So that's, uh, let, 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 let's maybe chase the dragon a little more. Yeah. yeah Ross, mind- Ross, you'll obviously, like Brad, Brad's obviously going to be on Connor versus Chandler card, isn't he? Like, yeah, we want to see the, the Manitoba mauler get in there and uh, do his <laughs> thing again. Uh, oh, Brad, my question is, how fast do you want to break that top 15? Like, I could see you in there and, like, getting your hand raised with, like, a Pedro Munoz, who's, like, ranked 10 at the moment. You know, Ricky Smolin. I can see you beating those guys right away. Is that the sort of benchmark you want to set for yourself? I'm sure you don't want to be hanging around uh, unranked for too long. I'll certainly skip the queue if I can. You know, like no, nobody's going to complain about that. I feel like I could be fighting for the title tomorrow and, and, and we're on that level. That's where I've been living this mm. entire time in the UFC, out of the UFC. And thankfully, I have the coaches that I do who have been treating me as, like the world champion that, that we know I can be. You, know? you are. You're the brave world champion. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. lineal, the lineal <laughs> brave champion. <laughs> but, you know, we weren't bringing in that that UFC money even, you know, yet they still treated me like what I, what, how I needed to be treated so I can succeed, you know, in, in let's say 18 months and fight for the belt and be successful. You know, I, I really have to thank them for that because there was, again, a lot of reasons not to, you know, uh, but they did. And, and I really much appreciate that. So if we can skip the queue, absolutely. Let, let's skip ahead. And start that march and uh again good problems to be having if i do need to fight out of the top 15 first and then maybe there's a there's a we can jump jump in then fantastic you know a lot of this is outside of my control unfortunately but what i can control and i know it's face hey is what i do every single day so i'm going to get back to work with my coaches and and what's i guess i hope you can feel it off me is the excitement to get back with them and start start working on things because I feel, especially in my striking, Dave, Dave Roach and I, we've created such a solid foundation. After my Hamza Kuheji fight in, in Brave, when I captured the belt, we really disassembled my entire striking game and started building it from the base up. And now that we have such a solid foundation, we're going to be actually accelerating 
in improvement. We're not just going to be moving linearly. We're going to be accelerating. We're going to be improving exponentially. And I'm really excited to show it. I think you can see it from the Timmer fight to the Cody Gibson fight from when I defended my belt in in Brave against Gams at Megamedoff. Just the jumps in that striking game, in the nastiness, in the elbows, and with the knees, and, and how I'm causing damage. I believe Cody left with a broken orbital bone. I don't have confirmation on it, but that's the damage I'm trying to inflict, and that's what the fans want, and I, I'm, I'm happy to give it to them. There no, we, we definitely saw that in the in each week we were saying, "Geez, Brad's really come on a lot." Like, uh, so we definitely saw it. But uh, yeah, that was vicious, Brad. That's a vicious way to end the show. Um, the the Winnipeg winner. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually I'm afraid not... to see you again, Brad, after this. But uh, no, Brad, from following you the whole way through the twelve weeks, then seeing you there win like as well. We were in touch with John and everyone in the team, being like, "Congratulations!" Like. Um, even Katie as well. It was uh, it was actually it was beautiful to see. And uh, not only you did it for yourself, your friends, your family, but you did it as well for Irish MMA as well. So uh, we absolutely loved it, didn't we, Ross? Yeah, we did. It was it was a great season to follow. Um, you were the star of the show, Brad. We love watching it. And uh, thanks for giving us so much entertainment. And well done on winning it. Um, like we said, create a history. The first ever tough champ champ. The only ever tough champ champ. Never to be done again. Two different weight classes. Bravo Katona, he's coming for that top 15 and then he's coming for that belt and we're behind you all the way. Our very own Superman. Yeah. And potentially a heavyweight tough. We, we, we'll see. We'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, Tristan said he can get there. Yeah, Tristan hey, said. If, if, if there's a will, there's a way. And, and, and if Tristan wants to put me on that heavyweight plan, I, it's, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty, but it's going to be delicious, you know? Uh, just while I have you guys, I, I want to thank you guys for the, for the support. You know, I, I, I said... The, the first time I did the Ultimate Fighter, it was it was very much for me. But this time, it's it's for everybody else. It's for them. It's for my family. It's for Katie. It's for my coaches. It's for the guys who have stuck behind me. It was very easy when to to have fans and to have support when you know you're you're in the UFC and you're successful. But when you get released and you're literally fighting in the middle of nowhere sometimes in enemy territory and, and nobody hears about it to have the support behind me. It's, uh, it's been, it's been such a journey and I just, I, I just appreciate it because nobody, nobody had to stick by me yet. They did. And I, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all of Ireland's support. I, I appreciate everything I have. And it, I, I, I don't say that lightly. I don't take anything for granted. It's, it's just, I'm just, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful to represent the people who, who matter. There you have it, Ireland's own. You you made the the, the fight in Irish poster that we had uh, for UFC 292. <laughs> so uh, we're claiming you, and no we're one else can have you. you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take all <laughs> the love. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap things up, Brad, that was beautiful. But anything else to say before we wrap things up? To wrap up tough. No, no. I think uh, I, I I think we put the stamp on tough. I'm I'm done with it now. Unless I'm coming back as a coach, I I, I don't want to be in that house uh, again. So so thanks again, guys. No worries, Brad. Thanks a million for coming on. Um, for those of you who are watching home, make sure to like, share, smish that subscribe button. And as always, stay, stay energized. Energized, show up the Irish. Been sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you've done some interviews with Dylan Moran and that. But I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.